this thing my whole life. So good for the art, that's why I'm so nice. I've been doing this thing my whole life. So good for the art, that's why I'm so nice. You just shook up the world, uh, so I gotta ask you, how does that feel? Amazing. <laughs> Coming into a fight against somebody like Val- Valerie Lareda, who's being put on such a pedestal and she's being very pr- promoted by the promotion, I mean, what was your mindset coming into this fight as the outsider? Honestly, like, I mean, I knew win or lose, it was an amazing opportunity, but I thought I did have an advantage, honestly. Like, I try to be humble, but I, I, I'm trying to be honest, too. Like, I felt like, you know, I was going to win. Um, I felt like I was a, a strong enough grappler where I can get the fight and wrestler where I can get the fight wherever I wanted it to be. Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. This is the After Bellator episode 30. Yeah, Hannah was supposed to be here, but she stood us up. Um, she's too busy winning. She's too busy. She's too busy out celebrating. So, oh, I forgot to take this shot. Let's take this shot real quick, guys. Here we go. We're going to take a shot at 1800, and then we're going to get into the episode. So, we're going to start by talking about the fight this past weekend. We had the home girl. Cyborg. I don't give a shit about I'm that. kidding. <laughs> I heard it. Leslie Smith took an ass woman. She's really she's nice, by the way. She's fucking tough as fuck. Yeah, she's super nice. She was, de- she was definitely one of the nicer people there. Um, her and her coaches were all super nice. Aside from that. Um, she took an ass woman. No, aside from that. Um, but getting to the upset of the year was Hannah Guy coming out of Relentless MMA here in Columbus, Mississippi. What, what? Taking on Valerie Loretta. Loretta. Oh, Loretta. <laughs> we caught her Loretta all week. Um, and upsetting the world by beating that ass, man. It was super exciting. Um, Hannah, you know, breaking down the fight a little bit, we went out in the first round and uh, Hannah got dropped. And even before that, though, she seemed like she was moving almost in slow motion with her punches. What did you think, Wes? I thought so too, yeah. She was moving like half speed. She went back and watched it and she was like, dang, my stand up's so much better than that. Why did I do it? I think it was just the lights of the big show. She reverted back to, you know, mm-hmm. what she does. She was still doing some of the basic movements we worked on. She did a really good job. So if you don't. If you don't train, if you don't follow striking and stuff, you may not understand some of the things that she did, did do well. One of the things she did well was she kept Valerie from circling to her outside left corner like Valerie does in every other fight. She ran to Valerie's back right foot, um, t- kind of taking that 45-degree step and never let Valerie circle to the outside and chase her. All of Valerie's other opponents, instead of cutting the angle off, would chase Valerie in a circle. And Valerie would just keep backing up and circling out, keep backing up and circling out. Her coaches were like, you keep backing straight up. She didn't have a choice. She could either back straight up or circle in Hannah's power. Um, Hannah did a really good job of that. When it looked like Hannah was just running at her, she was actually working what we had worked on in the gym, which was a step-through punch. She just was standing a little too tall, wasn't sitting down on the punches, and wasn't stepping through like she should. She just basically ran at Valerie. It didn't matter, though, because that shit worked. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it didn't work. <laughs> exactly. She took, a lot of, she, took some, she took some punishments, mostly in the first round. She didn't take a lot of punishments outside the first round. Um, I don't it just even, worried me, though. It did worry me. I was like, oh, I don't man. think that was Hannah's toughest test. Really? Mm-mm, of her career. I, don't, I think uh, she had a tough fight as an amateur. And Gina Gooden. Gina Gooden was no doubt. Yeah, Gina Gooden was five and zero as an amateur. They fought as amateurs. That's probably the only fight that I wouldn't run back as, as Hannah's coach. Like I would not even present that fight to Hannah just because not that I don't think Hannah could beat her again, but because Gina has a way of just hurting people. Like everybody she fights ends up getting hurt. And so um, even Matt, who manages Hannah now, texted me before that fight because Hannah was getting ready to fight for the SFC title or was getting ready to fight for SFC or something. He was like, hey, I just want to touch base with you because everybody that Gina fights ends up with like a broken jaw, a broken arm, like gets hurt. And I remember when one punch, she made Hannah like the elephant man. Like Hannah's whole side of her head swelled up with one punch. And Hannah still rallied and came back and won the fight, just like in this last one. She has a way, the thing about that girl, man, I, like she has a way of just like rallying, like in the face of defeat. Like there's been several opponents who have like hurt her 
and she just keeps. I mean, it probably helps that the opponents are 115 pound females, but I mean, or in this case, 125 pound females. I mean, that's her size, though. Yeah, There's and she walks though. through those punches. Yeah. She just does, she has no quit in her. She doesn't know she doesn't know how to quit. That's the thing about Hannah. She's got two. She's got two tools naturally. She's got really good jujitsu, but that's not natural. That was just hard work. She worked right. really hard on her jujitsu. She's got two natural tools that I didn't teach her. Okay, that win her fight. That separates her from everybody else. Number one is she has incredible isometric like pressure, like squeeze. She is very, very strong for her size and her ability to squeeze you and pressure you and hold you down, hold you against the fence, hold you to the mat. Like her ability to pressure and hold. And with her strength is incredible. She she doesn't have great quick twitch muscle. Her footwork is a takes a lot of work. You know her striking didn't come naturally to her, but she has a really she's very isometrically strong. She can hold somebody up against the cage or on the mat and just squeeze their head off. She's I mean I remember the first time I rolled with her when she first started jujitsu. I was like holy shit this girl is strong. You know the second thing she has that I didn't teach that has really made her career is the fact that she has zero quit. Mm-hmm. There's no quit in her. She's gonna come all three rounds, five rounds, whatever it is. She's gonna fight all those rounds. So. You know, I can't take really take credit because, I mean, what really wins her fights isn't my coaching. It's her freaking, like, she just don't give a shit. She's, she's coming. Yeah. Like, she, she's not me. It's, it's she's just, she like, you can have her outclassed, but she's going to stay in your face. And she did exactly in this fight with Valerie what she was supposed to do. The very thing we talked about the entire camp, which was go in there with the mindset of the only thing that she didn't do was she had fear in her striking. You can't have fear when you're striking. Like, if you have any fear, your striking is going to suck. I say that because Hannah's very similar to me in her fight style. She's very similar to me in her mindset and the way that she fights. Um, I will be in the gym hitting pads or sparring, and my striking looks A1. Like, it looks awesome. I'll get in the, in the cage or in the ring, and I won't let my hands go. I'm just scared. I don't know if it's scared to get hit. I, I just have a hesitation that's built in. I feel like it happens to more people than not. Most of the time, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, like, it happens all the time. It happens to everybody to a certain, Saturday, certain extent. Friday night. Leslie Smith was popping the fuck out of those pads, dude. She got in there yeah. with Cyborg and it's like she didn't know how to throw hands at all. Yeah. It's just something about that pressure that <clears throat> that the moment of when the lights are hitting you and you're in the big stage or even on a small scale, even if it's a local fight, the lights are hitting you, everybody's watching, and now all of a sudden, usually you're about 50% what you really are. You're not as good as you are. Those, when you're watching these people fight, and that's the difference between like a seasoned pro, that's one of the big differences is people who are seasoned – they when they're in there, it's another day's office to them. Right. They don't have that pressure, so they can perform just like they do in the gym. People that aren't, they decrease in their skill level. Is that a repetition thing? You think? It's a re- it's a repetition and the just practice of dealing with the pressure, practice of being in the cage, being in the ring, and dealing with that pressure is one of the biggest things. And I think Hannah moving into Bellator because you look at other fights with people with it's the same height as her because that's one big thing with her with winning fights is she doesn't move forward as well and like she doesn't have good head movement and defense and so. No offense, Hannah, but you know this about yourself. Um, <laughs> but if people are the same height as her, she strikes like I do, like a tall person, but she's only 5'4". Right. That's one of the reasons her striking doesn't always look good. But usually against people the same height as her, she looks good. because, Or especially if they're shorter than her, she'll piece them up because she really? fights like a tall person. Oh, right. Yeah. So because she likes to like pop her jab. She doesn't really step in with a jab. She likes to pop the jab and keep the jab. You know, And she throws a lot of rounded punches, but she throws them kind of long, and she likes to fight kind of in that long punch range. And she doesn't want to like get inside and like move her head and fight like an inside fighter. And so... Um, you know when she's going with like she fought a girl on SFC it was pretty good but she won the, every round in the striking and the reason was because it was the first time she had fought somebody the same height as her oh wow it's, it's really it's kind of crazy how that works I'm the same way I can't fight people taller than me if if I find out somebody's taller than me I usually will turn the fight down really mm-hmm. because I can't If and a lot of people that give me trouble that give me trouble when I'm training I'll go and look at it and they'll be short if they're shorter than me but we'll, we'll measure our reach and their reach is longer than mine like Grady who's an inch shorter than me 
he's actually got an inch or two of reach on me. Okay. So like I'll be sparring with him and he'll be piecing me up, especially in boxing. If I can kick, I can kind of hold my own and I do a lot better with him. But when we're boxing, he'll piece me up, especially after the first <clears> round because he just exhausts me. He just is constantly coming, throwing, 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 throwing. He never stops punching. And um, he'll, he just wears me down. But other people doing that, it doesn't work as well. And the reason, I was like, man, why can't I not deal with it? Like it's, he's not doing anything special, but he's got longer arms than I do. And he just never quits coming. So in that mixture of making me tired and having a longer reach than me, getting in there. he'll end up beating me up. Yeah, and that's that. So when I, if somebody calls me about a fight, even for a long time, I'll be like, you know, how tall are they? Like six four? Are their reaches longer than mine? Like seventy seven, seventy eight inches? You know, whatever. I won't take the fight just because I know, unless I know I've got better grappling than them. Right. Which is that's my like Hannah. That's my that's my bread and butter. I'll go in there and my grappling because I have that isometric strength. I'm really strong and I'm good at holding people down. I'm good. I have really good pressure. I can just press people against the cage, take people down, and press them against the mat, and you know, win rounds that way. And that's kind of what Hannah's done. I mean, you like clinch striking. That's good for. Shorter people, right? Clinch striking or just getting on the – depends on if you're talking boxing. On the right? inside. I mean, yeah, just getting fight, on the inside, fighting closer. Yeah. The thing about clinch is the only thing you have to worry about is, like, the tie clinch. Taller <laughs> people have the advantage. Right. But it's easier to get to underhooks. You know, it's easier to, to – if you're shorter, it's easier to shoot and get takedowns if you're shorter. So there's advantages to both in MMA. Whereas Sean, like in, Sean Shark style. Yeah. No, probably a lot of people don't even know who that is. No, I mean, it, you, muscle, well, you do. Muscle Shark. You know what I'm saying? He's a little bitty fellow. If you're an MMA fan, you know who Sean Shark is. Right. He's freaking huge. Like a real MMA fan. He's tiny, but he's huge. So, I mean, like, it worked out. He's tiny. He's tiny, huge. Like all these little, like, a lot of the, like Henry Cejudo. Yeah. He's like the ultimate tiny, huge. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's tiny. I mean, like, yeah, he's a little he's bitty huge. short man, but he's freaking ripped. Yeah. And he looks big. You know, oh, he does. You, absolutely. You look like, like a Henry muscle Cejudo. man. Yeah, he looks like he should but that, be my what? size. That may be the TV, because I learned, I, I noticed a lot this week in yeah. Connecticut that a lot of the people you see on TV are not near as big as you think they are. Yeah, yeah probably not. I mean, like, I probably think like, weight class. Like, you like, look at a lot of me like, I mean, a 155er, dude, you got to think about in real life. A 150, how much do you weigh, Mo? He's like a 155er. <laughs> okay. But I'm just saying, like. Yeah, usually 155ers will walk about 170, 180 pounds. Well, even people that look jacked on TV, you'd see them this week and be like, damn. Well, you also got to think, a lot of these people are like, like Cyborg. Cyborg was smaller than we thought she was going to be. She's 145 pounds. Though. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like exactly. 145 pounds is still 145 pounds. Right, it's yeah. tiny. It's it's very tiny. Yeah. I mean, it's, well, it's, I mean, it's really not because like I mean, it's compared, not tiny. Compared to heavyweight it is. Compared right. to 205 it is. Yeah. But I mean, you're looking at you. You're right now heavyweight, right? I would be if I fought it this way. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So compared to fucking Cyborg, yeah, you're huge. And she's tiny. For sure. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, compared so, to... So, I mean, yeah. if you think about it in that, then you probably wouldn't be like, oh, well, she's tiny as fuck. But right. yeah, looking at her in, on camera, she looks large. Mm-hmm. And she's, <laughs> one thing you have to think about, too, is she's usually standing in front of somebody else, her, her weight. Right. You don't really see them next to people who aren't their weight, her like weight. like Leslie Smith looks really tall compared to Cyborg, but... She's probably... Well, how tall is she? I fuck, I don't know. Probably 5'6". Yeah. Five, six. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I think I think Cyborg's probably at least five six because I saw this. Oh, she's she five nine. I mean, she's I don't yeah. know. She's probably not that tall, but I don't know. But you it, see what I'm saying, though. You know what I mean? Like I got to give it though. Give it up though. Um, one thing I'll say about Valerie, it kind of made me feel a little weird. Um, all right, so if you don't know who Valerie Loretta is, she is mostly famous for being hot. Yeah, and a booty fighter, meat. sort of like a Paige Van Zandt, right? She's got a big booty. She's pretty. But when I talk to her in person, <laughs> she talks. She stops to talk to us in the cage, and when we stop to talk. Yeah, when we stopped talking the cage, that makes me feel like her stuff makes me feel weird now, because like she sounds like a child to me. Mm-hmm. When she was talking to us, yeah, she was talking about like, well, you know, I'm, I haven't been training that long. I need to work on my jujitsu. I'm still just a baby, and I'm like, she's like, I'm only 22, and you're, t- I'm talking to her, and I feel like I'm talking to like somebody a little bit older than my daughter. Who's uh, she, 13. she doesn't sound mature. She seems at all. like her maturity. <laughs> that being said, one of the reasons that might be the case is because she had just been humbled, and yeah. that's going to knock you down a peg. Usually, that's going to make you feel different. Well, like, you would think she got humbled in front of everybody, you know. If you look at her Instagram, it, she makes it sound like she won the fight, which is oh, yeah. weird. 
weird. I she did drop Hannah in the first round, which is impressive. I've never seen Hannah get dropped before. I got something for you whenever yeah, you get ready for it, but I got... That chick's getting hella fucking hate mail right now. Who, Valerie? Yes. Taylor, well, Taylor, Taylor follows her. You know what? I gotta say, though, that's some bullshit. You're gonna have them kind of people. I'm just saying, like, the yeah, I'm just, the yeah that's bullshit. Like, like, you know how Hannah was getting it all before the fight. Yeah. And now that Hannah's won, and... Now Hannah's getting all the love, and Valerie's getting all the hate, but it's right. still bullshit. I think Valerie's getting all the hate because Valerie's putting it out there like she fucking won the fight. Well, though. in that case, in, in that way, it's kind of deserved, but here's the thing, She's though. not a good loser, it doesn't seem like yet. Yeah, but you know, who is? Especially at 22 years it's old. Like some, sure somebody just yeah, said, like, walked out like uh, why are you acting like you won? I agree with that. You Delu- should do that. Delusions, Sean O'Malley 2.0. Well, how's it Sean O'Malley? I don't know. Apparently, Sean O'Malley does the same shit. Don't do spinning shit. Does spinning shit and gets took down. But that comes back because her corner was telling her to stop doing all that <laughs> spinning shit. Right. And then she went back out there and got uh, taken down twice off of spinning shit. But the thing about it is you got to think she's been doing Taekwondo. And this is my issue with Taekwondo, okay? Taekwondo in a in a con- like incongruency with a better art is a good art. Yeah. But by itself, it's kind of horseshit. And the reason it's horseshit is because... The majority of, I did Taekwondo, right? And the majority of what we did, a lot of it was like flying and spinning kicks. All right. That's a, what Show, a lot. It's a showman It's, a, it's sort of a showman sport. It's yeah. not really a great like martial art for fighting. And I, in my opinion, if you're doing it in a showman sport, you need to be, consider yourself a dance. Oh, yeah. You're breaking bricks and wood and shit, right? It's a little bit more karate, but yeah, Taekwondo does it too. Okay. But uh, okay. One dude said one thing that I thought was good. He was like, yeah, she has not even acknowledged Hannah. That yeah. would be a good thing to do. I mean, come yeah, on. But congratulate your to. opponent. I mean, no, maybe she not. Have to. I she mean, doesn't have to. But then to act like she won, I mean, it ain't gonna come because of the the team. Like like, right. like Jay was saying, after the fight was over, they didn't. Man, they didn't acknowledge anything. They yeah, they just walked out. They were, they were mad. But Miami, that's though, understandable. Right? But Cubans, American top team. Cuban, Cuban. It wasn't Cuban. It was King Mo. Which King Mo did acknowledge us in the King Mo is cornered against Hannah twice, uh-huh. and he acknowledges in the hallway. I didn't know who the other two guys were. One of them was her sister. I knew who that was because they look alike. And then the other one was I don't know another coach. He was the one that was like. I'll be honest with you. I kind of like don't like his coaching style, but everybody coaches a little different. What did King Mo have to say? He didn't say anything. He just gave us a thumb. He raised his hand. And was like gave us a thumbs up and like. So he's not a dick. Yeah, not like a, he yeah. is in real life. I mean, in in the case, I don't yeah. know. I mean, he was kind of a dick the time they beat Hannah a little bit. Really, a little bit. He just he he, he wasn't trying to talk. You know, he wasn't trying to like shake hands or nothing. Um, too they much. Walked, they walked out quick. Yeah, oh, in this really? last fight. <laughs> this last fight they walked out quick, and then the, and the other fight, I think he stayed in the cage and we shook hands, but it wasn't like a. I fucking got he it. He wasn't like, hey, great fight or anything. He was just kind of like, all right, cool. What was you going to say about the coaching? Uh, I just, his coaching style, because like, when you got a fighter, I'm a firm believer in letting your fighter know where they stand on the scorecards. <clears throat> I think yeah. that's important. Yeah. Like right. I always go in, and, and I'm usually right on the scoring, so I'll go in. If I feel like my fighter has lost the round, I will let them know, hey, look, here's the deal. You lost the round. You know, as At long as I've been cornering with you, I've never noticed that until the with Dan last time. I started noticing that. You was, I always let them know where yeah, they are on the card. I was, I was like, Damn. Yeah, I always let them know. And I'm, I usually know how judges are going to score, and – uh, I'll go in and I'll let you know because here's the thing that's a strategic thing I right. know that if I'm in the third round and I won the first and second there's no reason for me to take un- like uncalculated risks there's no reason for me to put myself in bad positions right. there's really no reason for me to do anything crazy Try let me just kind of keep keep doing what I'm doing keep doing damage keep you know keep boxing there's no reason for like spinning hook mm-hmm. kicks there's no reason for any of that I'm up on the scorecards I don't need to like try to like finish put myself in a bad position to finish All right. now if I'm down two rounds and I go into the third, that's a different story. Or if I'm down one, if we're one and one, that's a different story. I need to do something at this point now to win this fight. I need to do something to seal this fight up. That's what I told Hannah going to the third. I was like, hey, look, the way I have this scored is one to one. I've got it at this point. I've got it nineteen. You to had 19. a score one to one. I had it nineteen to nineteen. Just because of the knockdown. The knockdown. Yeah. One one uh, judge had it thirty twenty seven. I don't know what fight he was watching. Did Hannah do uh, things that could have won her the first round? Had she not got knocked down? 
Yeah. She got take takedowns. Takedowns. No, she didn't. No. She re- she got stuffed on a takedown. Okay. And then she got she went for a takedown and the takedown got reversed and then she reversed the position. Okay. She never got a takedown. Finished on top. Um, no, she she oh. went for the takedown. Valerie got an underhook and hit like a cow catcher, like underhook and kind of like just swept her over. It wasn't really a cow catcher, but sort of like a cow catcher. And then went to half guard and then Hannah went from half guard and swept her. Valerie was really good about getting underhooks when Hannah would shoot. Hannah was shooting with her arms a little too wide. And the biggest thing was she was not setting her takedowns up like we had worked on. We had worked on setting up the takedowns with punches and then go for the takedown off of the punches. Um, she wasn't doing that shit. She was just marching yeah. through punches and then taking Valerie down. It worked because Hannah's tough as fuck, but it wasn't what we worked on. Um, she did do some of the footwork things we worked on, though. So she's improved a lot. She did. Right. She, she's, she's made a lot of improvements. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly what we, were, what we had worked on. So in the it second worked. round, she go, we go into the first. And I said, okay, but look, here's the deal, though. Here's what we know. First off, we know you lost that round. Second off, though, we know you can compete with her. You need to let your hands go. You need to, you know, not be scared to throw. And you need to set your takedowns up. And you need to shoot. Don't, you know, don't not set your takedowns up. Don't be, don't rush in for a body lock. Because that's how a lot of people get caught. Is they don't want to shoot. They just rush in with their arms out wide like a zombie and for a body lock. Hannah did that a couple times. And that's how you get caught. A more seasoned fighter, in my opinion, probably would have done a little more damage to Hannah when she did that. Um... Other fighters have done more damage to Hannah when she did that, right? But it was, you know, she was tough enough that she could still do it. Um, and she still beat people after doing, when doing that. The step through that she was working, though, was something we had worked on. Was it performed exactly the way we worked on it? No, but she, she still did an amazing job with it. Biggest thing she proved was she belongs in Bellator and that she... A lot of us would agree. Yeah, uh, that she belongs there. You know, does, is she ready for the title? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Is she ready for another fight with Bellator? One thing I will say, I actually like Scott Coker. Um, yeah? I do. I, I like him I, in, in a lot of ways. I think that in some ways their business model, um, used to anyway, it was going after the UFC too much. I don't I don't think that there's a, that's necessary. I think that there's room enough in the world for two big promotions. Yeah, for I, sure. I, think, oh, yeah, I don't think there has to be one big one. You look at boxing, there's, there's three huge promotions and then a lot of other smaller ones. Um there's plenty of room for the UFC and the Bellator to coexist. And I think that when a business model is based around beating the other business, it's operating from a, from a finite mindset. And if you ever read the book, we talked about this this week. I know mm-hmm. I talked to you about it. Yep. If you've ever read the book, The Infinite Game by Simon, Simon Sheet, I think I'm saying his name right. It talks about that. Like when you look at like Microsoft versus Apple, like when in, in their heyday of like the iPod versus the Zoom, he talks about in The Infinite Game when Microsoft would oftentimes come out with a better product than the iPod. Microsoft multiple times came out with better products than Apple. Apple didn't care. Apple was never trying to compete with Microsoft. They were never trying to make a better product than Microsoft. They were trying to make the best product that's ever been made. They didn't care if Microsoft had a better product. So Simon got he got a uh, he got a Zoom and they he he went and spoke at Microsoft as a a guest speaker. Then went and spoke at Apple and Microsoft gave him a Zoom and he told the guys at Apple he was like, "I'm going to be honest with you. I think that Zoom is a better product than your iPod, iPod right now." And they were like, they just smiled and were like, "Yeah, we have no doubt for sure. It is." (laughs) <laughs> they didn't care. They didn't. They didn't give a shit. They were just like, okay, yeah, back cool. to the drawing board. They they were like, well, yeah, it's a better product. Now we're gonna make a better product than that's. At, we're, we're gonna constantly push and try to like come up with a better product than's ever been made. Right. It goes back to, but one thing I do like about him. Let me get back to my original point. Um, that but that's one of the things I think that they don't that I don't like that they do. One of the things they do though is they have a really good culture in their company. Um, I was talking to different people, and if you noticed, and I'm sure Mo and Wes will agree, everybody from Bellator was so helpful, had such a good attitude, oh, yeah. was just wanted to help us in any way possible, wanted to make us as comfortable as any way possible. They bent over backwards. They never had an ad. I mean, I've had local promotions that didn't do this. 
and the UFC, I, was, I guarantee you wouldn't do it. When um, I was on the way from the airport. They were they were getting in contact with the guy, the driver that was driving me to, to give me information there. Like, yeah, to make sure that I had the correct right. They they hired a limo service to bring us over. Which they they use town cars and like suburbans and stuff, but <clacht> to bring us over and drive us an hour back to the to the uh, where the fight was going to be. And then the whole time we were there, they just it was 100 they wanted to make it the best experience possible for the fighters right like they you could tell they really cared about the fighter right it wasn't the front they were all super polite it, super it seemed cool. very it genuine yeah. and something i was talking to a guy from iska who um was there at the airport who just came up was talking to us and wes was there and he said that one thing about scott coker is when you are like when you go to work there he's just like look if you're not ecstatic to wake up every day and be in this sport if you're not so grateful that you get to come in here and work for a, the, this big MMA pr- uh, promotion and help these fighters and put on these amazing shows go work somewhere else do not come to work here like we don't want you you don't belong if you don't absolutely live and breathe and love this it's not for you and you could tell that from the culture of the people that work there they all had this like we are so happy to be here which I don't think the UFC has I don't I don't know that but that's just my opinion I don't think that they have the same luster I think it's a, my probably it is a bigger corporation, and I think that it's a little bit more you know about the numbers and things. And I think that that on the other hand, when it becomes so much about the numbers, that can lead back to a finite mindset. Oh, for sure. Because especially when companies go public, when and that's what that book was about was um, <clears throat> when companies go public and then the CEOs start working for the um, shareholders instead of the customers and the employees. Because as, as a visionary, as, an, as a as a CEO, as my like my job here at the gym, my job is to provide the absolute best atmosphere atmosphere and service for my employees and my customers. Not just to make money. Making money is a byproduct of that, right? Money is just energy stored. You know what I mean? Money is just energy. Money is just, um, and this isn't a Simon Sheik thing, but money is just like, I worked really hard, I put in energy and time, in return for that I got money, which I can store, and then I can, this is Jordan Belfort thing, but I can then unleash that money as energy to do other things that I right. wanna do. Yeah. So. Um, and that way I like them better. I will say though, I went in this really long tangent to talk about Scott Coker about his post fight press conference mm-hmm. after the Hannah fight. I'm gonna be honest, I wasn't a fan. He fucking circled around the question a thousand, three times. Well, he didn't give yeah. it, he didn't give credit with credit. He, he, he was doing three questions were asked about the Hannah Valerie fight. Two of the questions were about the fight in general. One question was about Valerie. One question was kind of, was kind of about the fight. One question was straight up about Hannah. Yeah. The first two questions. He didn't mention the winner of the fight. Never. Nope. All he mentioned was the fact that Valerie was still coming up. She was out of American Top Team. She was still coming up. She was still learning. She still had room to grow. And whatever. Never brings up the actual outcome of the fight. No. They bumped Valerie and Hannah to the main card on Showtime. There were other people in the undercard that actually probably should have been bumped other than them. They bumped them because Valerie was the she was the show pony. She was the she's the yeah. next big thing. And that was an opportunity for them to showcase her on Showtime to build her following and blow her up Ooh, boy, did that backfire. and it backfired really really bad because you know hannah was like a she was like a minus 400 underdog or whatever plus yeah. 400 however, i don't know how those odds work i never gambled i was gonna put money on hannah because it was like a four to one odds super one mad odds. that i didn't i was trying to figure what it out I, I, I downloaded the DraftKings app and i was like trying to figure it out and i never could figure it out um should have called me because i've never gambled before i would have done it for you yeah i was gonna put about 500 on hannah because i knew hannah was gonna win that fight really mm-hmm I had some money. I was going to throw. I did not here. realize the odds were so bad until after the fucking yeah. fight because I was going to too. Yeah, I knew Hannah was going to be. And then when I found out what the odds were, I was like, "Motherfucker, Taylor!" I said, "I should have bet on that shit." And she looked at me like I was crazy. I was just like, "Yeah, you put five hundred in, you're going to be like two grand back." <laughs> yeah, you Ch- know. Uh, Chase seemed to have made some money. Yeah, Chase, one of the members <laughs> made a bunch of money. Really? Yeah, there's a few people that text me, and tell me they yeah. made money. They made a check. 
And I'm, man, I got to say, I wish I'd have done it because I, I, I'm just not a gambler, but I will gamble. Like I just knew, I knew Hannah's mindset. I knew where she was mentally. Um, and I knew I had a, re- I, I didn't know, but when, when she got dropped in the first was, was when I really started doubting myself. But um, <laughs> before that, I was like, oh, Hannah's got this. She's got it. I've just got to do my job to keep her calm yeah. and keep her head space right. And then she'll take care of everything else. She seemed very, very calm afterwards, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. She was calm before. She was smiling. Yeah. She happy to be there. That's, when she walked out, I was like, wow, she's really fucking calm. Yeah. What we, we, what we kept preaching, and I talked about what we, I kept saying in the locker room, the wrestling mindset has four things that they that they really push. And I've never hire, hired them because I just never had the, enough fighters that I could really afford it because it's not cheap. But they've got the, the things they always talk about. Number one is grateful to compete. Like, just focus in on the fact that you're grateful and happy to be there. Right. You have the opportunity to compete and showcase your skills and do that. Like, be grateful. The great the gratitude of competition. Number two is um, not afraid to lose or make mistakes. That's, like, one of the big things. Now, it's one of the her hands weren't as good as she was afraid of making mistakes, but don't fear losing and making mistakes when you're competing. How, you want to get in that infinite mindset of, I'm chasing perfection, Right. I'm chasing to be the best version of myself. I'm chasing to to follow the game plan. I'm not chasing wins and losses. Those are non-controllable factors. But being perfect is not isn't non-controllable. And so I really push like um, you know don't no fear of losing or um, making mistakes. Number three was uh, I'm aggressive and relentless. Uh, like I'm gonna push the pace the all three rounds. So that was the third thing we talked about a lot through the camp and then also right before the fight. I just made him repeat them back to me over and over again. I'm aggressive and relentless. I'm aggressive and relentless. I'm not afraid of losing or making mistakes. And then the last one was I never, ever give up. You know what I mean? And I've got to say, of those three things, the three things we preach, she followed through on all those three things in the fight. And that was what we really wanted from her mindset because when she's got her mind right, she's unstoppable. You know what I mean? With her stand-up, it wasn't exactly what we wanted, but you know she did what she was supposed to do. I think it's because it came... It became muscle memory because throughout the entire week, I mean, whether we were outside in the woods and she was drilling or on the patio or eating, yeah. you had her repeating and repeating and repeating it. Yeah. And it was drilled into her. Yeah. And uh, I mean, up, up until minutes before the fight. Yeah, I was making a repeat in the locker room. And then uh, to the Scott Coker comment, because I never really got around to what when he finally addressed Hannah, right? So Hannah, you know, she she went in, she did her thing. He sat down for the interview and they finally were like, well, what about Hannah Guy? She came in in the post-fight interview. She seemed like she wasn't sure about her future with Bellator because we're not. We haven't received a second offer. We haven't received a, a contract offer, um, anything, which we, we, we wouldn't have at that point. And we still wouldn't, won't. You know what I mean? We'd have to wait. And they're like, she seems like she's unsure about her future with the company. She doesn't know what's going to happen or whatever. Or is her coming back? Is that something you're looking for? And he kind of hemmed and hawed. And, mm, well, you know, she, she she came in. She did what she had to do. You know what I mean? And then right. at the end was like, but she'll, you know, she'll, she'll, she'll be back. She'll be back. Talking about her being back. I, I'll be honest with you. I would anticipate a downgrade in card placement for the next one for sure. Yeah. And then, I mean, I would like to see more money, but I don't think they're going to try to give us more money because, you know, at the end of the day, we were brought in as sort of cannon fodder and it backfired. I think that Hannah was their way of a really tough, winnable fight to give her her first real test. She had never fought anybody before. Not a real fighter. And you can see it in her eyes. That's something that I look for, not only as a competitor, but as a coach is you can look at an athlete in the eyes. You can look a fight a fighter more than an athlete, just any from any sport, but a fighter. And there's a breaking point that you can you can look into their eyes and you can see it when their eyes say, "I don't want to be in here anymore." That's a very very telling moment when I can look in your eyes and see, "I don't want to be in here." I can see it in training, mm-hmm. and I'm, I push everybody to that point eventually in training. My goal is to find where that point is for you, but 
that I look and I can I could see in her eyes in that second round they widened and you could see it in, in Valerie Lareda's eyes that she didn't want to be in there with her anymore. And I've been there. I've seen almost every fighter that I've coached in there eventually. I could look into their eyes and they, they have that look where I don't want to fucking be here. Get me out of here. You know what I mean? But like their training and their ego or whatever keeps them in there. Once you've reached that point, winning the fight is very hard. Almost impossible. Yeah. If you don't want to be there, you can't win. You have to want to be there. You have to have that mindset of like, I want to be in here. I remember... Um, the last time Eric Anders, the last person who made me have that look, I remember Han, uh, Han, Canyon was cornering me, and he said that's the first time he had ever seen me in a fight. Look at him and make eye contact, and give him that look of I don't want to be here. You know what I mean? Like, because I didn't. He hit me, and I didn't want to be there. I wasn't in shape. I didn't train for that. Like, I was not trying to be in there anymore. And uh, you could tell it. You could tell him the way I fought. Um, I don't think there's anything I could have done to change the outcome. But I looked in Valerie's eyes, and I saw that look of I don't want to fucking be here. I want to go home. And at that moment, I, was, I started telling Hannah, I was like, she doesn't want to be here. Push the pace. Push the pace. Keep coming forward. Keep going. Don't Stay in her ass. All three rounds. Stay in her ass. Stay in her ass. Keep going forward. Don't give her any time to, to breathe. Don't give her any room. You stay on top of her every single round. And that's what she did. So Her cardio yeah. seemed pretty good, too. Yeah, and she was worried about that, too. She was really worried about her cardio. And I was like, no, your cardio is going to be fine. It just seemed like a lot of those people were like... <laughs> It's that was five presser, you know, yeah. or, or whatever. She looked more tired than she was, <laughs> Hannah, for my opinion. Hannah was just normal. She had a good yeah. cut, though. Yeah, she had like an easy cut. cut yeah. We hired somebody for her weight cut um, for the last week okay. for all of her food and everything. And I, honestly, I learned a lot. Um, they're way higher calorie than I am usually on fight week um, with my fighters and um, way higher carb. They, they, they believe in carbs on fight week. Really? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm usually really low carb on fight week. So, so that's really low energy. Yeah, you're really low energy. She had, and she, I mean, her her cut was it was easy. Wow. We hit a few. Uh, honestly, I don't even remember the cut. Now that I'm thinking about it. I mean, I think she. I mean, it was pretty smooth. Yeah, I think we did a few little sessions. We did a little bit the night before. It didn't did like a few sessions. Got up, got up the next morning. We hit a couple more sessions. She felt good. Yeah, we had a little personal sauna. They actually gave us. Seen uh-huh. that? That was pretty funny. Some yeah. of the shit you put out. Yeah, they, but they gave us that little sauna and uh, <laughs> brought we brought on about two hundred dollars sauna. How did that work? What do you mean? Little baby sauna that you zip yourself up in. It just zips up and it heats up in that little sauna. And it I mean, is there a button you press to turn on? Yeah, it's a little switch. It's electric. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you plug it in. Yeah, gotcha. it's uh. Got to keep it. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, they gave it to us. It's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. You know, uh, going back to the the genuine, you know, the the how the employees how they really want to be there. What about the damn um, level of height that that guy had? Before yes, the he's famous for that, and dude, and that's how you know it was real because even walking out, like he, you could tell he he couldn't keep himself still. Yeah, he was he so was, excited. I don't know what that guy's name is. He was excited. The for guy, he walked. Yeah, he walks back and he's like, "It's go time." He counts down every like five minutes. He's like five, ten minutes, twenty minutes till fight time. Ten minutes till fight till your fight. You know, it's what not I mean? quiet. It's loud. He screamed. It was <laughs> honestly, so it was a little nerve wracking for me. <laughs> yeah. But Hannah said she liked it. And really, yeah. And he, but he was so hyped, dude. He was like, you know, we rolling when you walk out, and he takes you out. So how far was that walk? From the locker room to the... To okay, so you had two oh, locker shit. rooms. Okay? You go to your first locker room and tape your hands. You can start warming up there, but you don't, you don't get your gloves and everything yet. Because they had really weird COVID rules. Okay. Super weird. Like, it was... We were shut down. That's and my second question, but... We, so, it was really long, though. We So, we, we it was to the locker room was where we were walking to. We went from locker room one, which was the shared locker room where everybody worked out and everything, to the locker room before we fought, which was our private locker room, a little bit more mat space for us to warm up. That's so. where everybody's, like, warming up on TV? Yeah, right. And so that's your second locker room. Now, we may have gotten one of those locker rooms without having to go to the first locker room without COVID because we were on the other side of the hotel. It's like one of the biggest hotels in the world. Okay. It's like the biggest in the country. It was, Square 10, it was 10 minutes easily. We walked for about 10 minutes. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 
That's why. That's why you, you saw me on that. Like, hey, I was like, I was gonna be, I was intending to be like, we're about to walk, and we're like, all right, we're taking off walking. And my next snap was, gonna, or my next uh, thing on my story was gonna be, okay, now we're in the locker room. But then we just kept walking, so I was like, yep, we're still walking. And yeah. then we keep walking. And I'm like, oh my god, I was like, we're still, still walking. Walk. Yeah. And we start going down these stairs. I'm like, we're still. It was on the other side of the casino, and oh, so shit. it was, it was good. It was like I was like, this is like our warm up right like here, quarter man. mile fucking walk. Yeah, this is our warm up oh, here. It was a ways. Yeah, it was, it was pretty <laughs> crazy. What was your second question? Uh, why were the COVID protocols so bad there? I like no I've seen like seventeen thousand people were allowed in, in the last UFC fight. Yeah, it, and it's not a Connecticut thing. It's a it's a it's a Bellator it's a Bellator thing. thing. It's oh, a Bellator really? thing. I thought it was Connecticut. It wasn't Connecticut. Oh, really? You saw there's all those people walking around without masks on that in the is casino. Insane, dude. Well, that, yeah. guy, that girl said that that was the last one without attendance. Are yeah. they still gonna be that strict on fighters? And I don't. Stuff, I don't. Think? I wouldn't that, think so, that's, but that's, I don't know. Okay, so this was the last. This is the last no attendance fight. Like I was like, man, this sucks for Hannah. You know, there's no fans. It was better. Really, it was perfect because like now she deals. Know, with, she's going I mean, up to the big show. I'm just thinking the win would have been so much more. Yeah, but it, it's a good. It's a really good. And and what I heard was this is what somebody told me. I don't know if it's true. They make all their money from Showtime anyway. Okay, if he's on Showtime, they're not, they don't make that much on the gate. Right, and they need way less staff and way less headache if there's no gate. Ah, uh-huh. so. While they may make more money if there's a gate, it's way less headache with no gate. So it's probably not as much money. And no there's not gate. as much money. Uh. It's not as in the gate as there is in the sh- the views on Showtime. Right. Everybody's watching on Showtime. Fuck yeah, even I pay for it. Yeah, so I feel like they could have been more lenient on some of that though. Like, yeah, after crazy. the first COVID test, I don't feel like you needed another one. <clears throat> Especially, and then, I mean, like they had that little map to where you were only allowed was, to go. I'll like, be honest, the COVID like, test didn't bother me. Was that your first one? No, I've no, had I've tested so positive. Awful. These weren't that bad. These are self-given tests, and you just have to put it in your nostril and circle ten times. You don't have to stick it to your brain. Holy shit, it's not as bad. I've only had one, and I didn't even need that. And that it was five, like, I, think. I think she might have punctured my brain. Yeah, the, the, the old <laughs> yeah. one. I don't know if they're if all of them are this easy now, but yeah, it's it's definitely improved. Yeah, I liked the self-COVID test. That wasn't bad at all. No, it wasn't. I don't mind the COVID testing. I'm, I would be cool with COVID testing every day if they give us more freedom. We couldn't walk in. We couldn't be on the casino floor. We couldn't. Oh, you're saying like test negative. You could do what the fuck you want. Yeah. Um, we couldn't be on the casino floor. We couldn't sit in restaurants and eat. We couldn't um, We couldn't go outside the little area that was designated for us. We um, The first day you're there, you have to. we get there. The next morning we COVID tested. And then you can't leave until you get the negative result back. I mean, do y'all, do y'all get to hang out together? No, not, not during quarantine, no. So it's self-quarantining. Yeah, well, me and Mo did, but Hannah had to be in her own room. Uh, okay. The fighter had to be separate. They had they kept the fighters separate from the corners just in case one of the corners tests positive. That way the fighter can still oh. fight. What the fuck happened with Ben Parrish's person? He had an irregular heartbeat after a bad weight cut. Shot time. We're going to take a shot real quick. Yeah, he had a, he had a bad weight cut. So he was still there, though? Or yeah, no? he was still there. Ben he, was? Ben was, yeah. And they've got him another fight, bigger fight. <clears throat> bigger. Yeah, against a bigger name opponent. Even though the guy's in the top ten, I don't know. Who, I don't know who the new guy is, um, but yeah, his opponent had a bad weight cut apparently, then had an irregular heartbeat, and the doctor said he couldn't fight. It was pretty. It was pretty bad um, for Ben. I hate it for him. <clears throat> yeah. What was funny? Unfortunately, we didn't get it on camera. What was funny um, was like, all right, so me and Ben give each other a hard time. I hope he knows I was just kidding. If you don't, Ben, I was just kidding when I did this. But I just heard that his opponent had backed out from a bad weight cut. And I walk downstairs, and I see him sitting with his corners. Uh, I think it was Brett and Casper. I don't know if Nathan was there at that time or not. And I see him, and I just look at him, and I back, I like, I'm going to back away from the mic and say this. I point at him, and I'm just like, ha-ha, you not fighting for Bellator, ass bitch, <laughs> and just died <laughs> laughing. Um, I'm pretty sure he knew. Y'all, I, I feel like he knows I'm just yeah. fucking with him. I'm not, Probably I'm, still pretty tough. Yeah, but to you, you could, I felt bad when I saw the look on his face. He just kind of like was like, fuck. Because his, on his, his he post, really wanted to fight. He genuinely was upset. Yeah, that, that said first fight since his leg broke. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you know he wanted to fucking fight. Yeah, man. he broke his leg in the first round against Logan Woods in his last fight, and I don't know how that fight would have went had that not happened. But he was doing well up to that point. It was in the first round. 
he was landing hard kicks, his leg breaks. Then his next fight off of that is like a year or two years later, and it's for Bellator. It's like, and, I, and I'm, you know, I don't know. I mean, he's he's been training almost as long as me. He's been doing this a long time. I mean, 10 years. And it's kind of one of those times, like, okay, it's, it's, we're, we're going to make this work now. Or it's, this is not a thing. Right. Like, you, like, I'm either going to make this work now or I'm going to fight local for the rest of my career, quit fighting or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you're not... Once you're 10 years in, that's sort of your tipping point. Like, okay, at this point, I started at 19, I'm, 20, I'm almost 30, or I started at... If you're at 25 and now you're 35... Now you're a gatekeeper for younger talent. At 35, you're not getting signed to the UFC. Right. It's not going to happen. You're too old. It doesn't matter how good you are. How Except good for me, are. next year. Nope. Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter how good you are because the UFC doesn't have enough time to market you to make any money off of right. you. You know what I mean? Like, they need several years of marketing your name and who you are before anybody gives a fuck if you're fighting or not. So there's no point in them signing you, no matter if, if you're you do incredible. a TikTok challenge. I'd maybe. Explain, maybe. Maybe. Explain what you mean. I don't know what you mean by that. If you have a big following on TikTok, you don't need You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I mean, you do. Maybe if you're coming over Kind of like sport, Valerie Loretta, though. for instance. For sure. Right? Yeah. No Which, offense. I mean, no Bell, offense whatsoever. Bellator blew her her fault. When she twerked after her last fight, that really blew her up. Oh, yeah, I bet. And then, I mean, she's a pretty girl. I don't think she's, uh, I don't know what you're doing with your face right now. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I think she's a pretty girl. I don't think she's, like, I, I don't know. I think just talking to her kind of ruined it for I me. I don't know. I mean, she's not super, 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 super fine. Yeah. She's fine, but she's not. I mean, she's fine. I mean, I'm I just saying, but like, if you've seen her at the mall, you'd be like, damn. Yeah. But, Instagram model fine. I've seen a lot finer. Right, but Instagram model fine. In the face. That can fight. Nah. That's the thing. Like, it's like, she's got that mixture. She got that booty meat. I'll yeah. tell you that. I'm curious to know what it, what's wrong with her arm. Is it is it bone or was it? Well, we haven't talked about that on here. Yeah, oh. we got on there. We got on, on her Instagram. Like, she's her arm's in the cast. It's in the cast, no doubt. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Hannah said the last arm bar in the third round that the ref made her let go of was really tight. And the arm popped. I wonder if that round had not ended, had she finished, had, if she would have finished that one. Because it, it looked really tight. Oh, no doubt. But I'm, like I said, I'm just curious as to whether it was like bone or if it was you know ligament either yeah. way it's fucking painful yeah i don't know it fucking sucks no idea she she's acting like she she she's not gonna talk about it on instagram because yeah, she's acting like she won um which no hate you know i don't blame her i mean i do blame her because i wouldn't do that but uh you know it is what it is no hate though you know no she, hate but i mean come on man be graceful about your losses so man, what do you what do you, you can't grow from a loss if you're not grateful about it i don't feel like you know what i mean you think yeah. four months five months should be back what who hannah i have no clue Man, you're smacking really loud on that microphone over the Tyler. Yeah, um, <laughs> I have no clue. I, I mean, it really at this point, especially when you get to the point in your career that you're fighting for Bellator, um, we're gonna wait a couple of weeks and just see what Bellator if they reach out. That'll be the first. Well, you thing. know, tomorrow's the start of a new work week, so I'm, I'm sure that'll be a, a yeah. hot topic to come tomorrow morning. So we'll see what happens next week. I mean, Coker said that, that the media does the rankings, right? Right. So we'll see if she if she lands in the top ten after beating number eight. If you touch number ten, I mean, they have to bring you back. That would, that would be what you would think. They don't have to do anything. And if she doesn't, then she'll have to fight a couple local fights again and then come back. I mean, they look like assholes if they don't, though. How much of that part does Matt play? Does, it, does he have to, like, is he out there bidding for it? or are they That is part of his job, yeah. Is it? Okay. That is part of his job. So. This particular fight he didn't actually get for Hannah. They actually reached out to Hannah first, and then really? she made them reach out because she wasn't sure if it was for real or not, and so she made them reach out to Matt. Um, but one thing I will say about Matt, even though he didn't get that fight, is he, he gets sponsorships. A lot of her sponsors he got for her, and then also, um, yeah, you know, he'll Ben had some of the same. Sponsors. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So like your, your bigger companies like Millions dot com and the Dice Team. I have no clue what those companies even do, but right, <laughs> they sponsored both of them, and uh, What's it was the just first one Millions dot com. They made like they make like merchandise for the fighter, and then like if you want to have a guy t shirt, 
like they'll you can buy it and then Hannah gets a percentage and they I get seen that were somewhere. That's a thing, right? Hannah got a t-shirt. Yeah, but Hannah didn't even have one when she fought. She, you know, they didn't give Hannah one, and so that's dumb. But you know, they. Um, so I don't know if they'll sponsor. They'll probably again. be in talks with them this week. Like yeah. I said, tomorrow's so start of a new work week. We, we have no clue what's going to happen. That'll be a the, hot. Topic. The three options that could happen is number one, probably the most likely, is Bellator will let us know that they do want us back. I don't personally, from that performance, I don't know that they're going to. I don't think they're going to sell out for a contract. All right. But I have no no idea. You know what I mean? Um, if they don't, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? We probably still take it. Um, she could get an offer from someone else, uh, or. They may be like, well, you know, you're still only three and one. They may want to see a couple more fights. And then in that case, we'd probably fight for like SFC or somebody and get her a couple more fights and then get her to five and one. Uh, honestly, if I'm being completely honest with you, if I were to hope one of those things were to happen to be the last one, I would like to, for Hannah to fight two more times, uh, one or two more times before she goes back to Bellator. The reason is, is um, she has some growth still to do. And if Bellator offers her like number five or number four next, then... I don't feel like that's a fight we're ready for at this moment. I think it's a fight she can be ready for. It's just not a fight I want right now as her coach. The thing about it is, though, is I have to accept my role as the coach now because I'm not coaching manager anymore, and I'm not her dad. So at the end of the day, it's going to be her decision what we do. Um, to be honest with you, I advised against taking this last fight, the Valerie fight. And the reason I did was because I was like, look, here's the reason why I'm advising against it right now. You're good enough. More offers are coming. You're going to have other people offering you fights. This oh, is yeah. not a one-time deal. No doubt, yeah. It's a big opportunity because the reason it was such a big opportunity is because Valerie, to me, seemed very beatable. She seemed overhyped because of her looks, and she was number eight because of her looks. Yes, she was 3-0 in Bellator, but look at her opponents in Bellator. They weren't that good. She hadn't fought anybody. There's nobody else in Bellator with that much hype and that little skill. And I don't mean that in a mean way. It's just she's really young. They're building her. And it was a really great opportunity, and it did. It blew her Instagram up. She's doubled her Instagram following in 24 hours. That was a hype train. She, it was a really, it was a really great hype train to jump yeah. on. Well, from that Scott Coker post fight interview, he, he seems like they're going to keep building on her. I think so too. So, yeah, and I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't be opposed to a rematch. I wouldn't. I mean, yeah. if they if they if they wanted an immediate rematch or a rematch, I think they probably what they'll do is give Valerie a couple wins, let her build a jiu-jitsu game up a little bit, and maybe look for a rematch. And if that happens. I wouldn't. I would accept that because I think that Hannah's a better fighter than Valerie. I think Hannah's got better striking than Valerie. It didn't show in that fight. I think her striking is at least as good as Valerie's. I'll say that. Well, even if they build her jujitsu, it's not going to touch Hannah's. No, Hannah's has just got a natural. Yeah, knack. her, her jujitsu is tough. Yeah, she's got a natural gift for jujitsu, and I don't think Valerie has that. I think Valerie's got more. Valerie has more of a gift for striking, probably. Um, Hannah does not have a gift for striking. I'm going to be honest. I have. I've trained a lot of fighters that were way more gifted. You know, in striking than Hannah, it's a struggle point for her. The thing, um, the thing is, I've seen uh, Valerie do with her feet are impressive. What? And I don't recall her using her feet at all because she couldn't. That's what I'm saying. She wasn't though. kick range enough. It looked like that. That's, that's probably more of her wheelhouse, though. That's probably right because she's a Taekwondo person. Uh, yeah, well, that's yeah, what yeah. Taekwondo is. The, that's the reason why Hannah was forward moving the whole fight is because Keep if you stand feet. in kick range with a Taekwondo fighter, you're, you're in danger. Up. Yeah, that's. I mean, no. I hate on Taekwondo a lot, but legitimately, if I stand outside of punch range with a Taekwondo fighter in, in that kick range, I'm in danger. Like they have a that that is the entirety of their art. It's a legitimate art. It's just an art completely built around right outside of punch range. Right. That's the reason why it doesn't translate as well to like self defense and stuff. Is a real fight that's not realistic. People are coming right at you. They're not gonna stand at kick range and bounce around with you. They'll spin kicks with you. They're gonna come straight at you. They're gonna try to tie up and or box you or whatever. Wrestle you. So. Usually in a street fight, yeah, they're going to try to take you down, especially if they, you start kicking them hard. Yeah. So she, 
Hannah, you know, she couldn't get her kicks off in that fight with Hannah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't remember seeing one. She well, she threw some. She threw some spinning kicks against Hannah. Yeah, yeah. She spent. She, she threw a spinning <clears throat> like hook kick or spinning back kick. And she threw a question mark in there somewhere. I didn't see the question mark. Like it's vague for me. But, but I knew she threw that left high kick a lot. So we worked on defending that a lot in the camp. We worked on the step through, which wasn't performed the way that I wanted it to be performed, but. She did it, so I'm just happy about that. I, I checked her Instagram out for the fight just to see what the hype was all about. Yeah, and I seen her like kick. She kicked the shit out of a dummy. Kicked the shit out of it for fucking two minutes. I was like, wow, I'm waiting for this. This is gonna be super wild, and nothing ever happened. Yeah, she. Like, Hannah is fucking pressing the fuck out right, of her. She, she can't you do have shit. to. You never want to throw a round kick on a forward moving opponent. All right. Typically, I'm saying that, that, that like a, like a linear kicks are good, like teep kicks, side kicks, spinning back kicks, stuff like that. Ledger linear kicks, they're moving a straight line toward the opponent. Round kicks, like roundhouses, spinning hook kicks, stuff like that. If they're moving straight at you. They're gonna by the time you get the kick off, they're gonna be in closer they're be under you. They're gonna right. They're gonna be too close for that kick to have any damage, yeah. and they're gonna take you down, or they're gonna be like inside your range. So those kicks work really well against people who are standing still, people who are moving backwards, boxers, or if you can not necessarily no. no. No, not necessarily. Boxers actually, if a boxer knows he can get in tight. that they can get in tight. So you actually saw that happen in kickboxing back in the 1980s. In the 1980s, you saw this like, you had kickboxing, which was primarily fought by Taekwondo and karate people. It was a very heavy kicking art. You had to kick, and still to this day, I think full contact kickboxing, you have to throw so many kicks per round. Oh, really? Um, and they have to be above the waist. Well, what you started seeing was, was these guys started training in boxing gyms because boxing was legal. But nobody really had hands in kickboxing back in the day. Well, those well, then, calf kicks were legal? No. No, them no. below the waist was legal in okay. full contact kickboxing back in that day. Other than in like Muay Thai <clears> and Thailand. But here in America, full contact was the thing. It was, everything was above the waist. Okay. That's why they had that Stephen Thompson style of like completely like sideways. To, to the reason what that's good for is it sets up the lead leg side kick really well. It keeps you having a really long jab and it makes your body really hard to kick with like spinning side like side kicks. Stephen Thompson, kicks. you said? Stephen Thompson, the that's Wonder his style. Yeah. yeah. He uses that completely oblique style where he's all the way sideways Side-way, to his yeah. opponent. Connor fights that way a little bit. That comes from your 1980s kickboxing where leg kicks were illegal. So you didn't have to worry about checking kicks. So it looks like everything you're doing is going for the stomach or higher, basically. Right. Yeah. Every, yeah. And so they had to. They, they wanted to make the, the body a really small target, so they turned sideways. So when you're turned sideways, I mean, even your kick style looks like it's going straight to the gut. Well, it, strangely it, enough, yeah. And so, you know what I mean, you gotta pick it up and go straight with it. The downside of that to that stance <clears> is number one, it's very hard to defend leg kicks. It's hard to defend takedowns, and um, that's the two main things. Right, right. Like those are really fucking bad things, though. Right, in and especially MMA. Like yeah. when, when those things are legal. Oh, I say in MMA. That's so, what, but what happened was back in the 1980s was everybody had that style. And then some of these guys started working in the, out in the boxing gyms. And those guys started dominating the kickboxing scene. Right. The guys with the boxing, like, in with it. So guys that, like, boxed and then started working some taekwondo and kicking, those guys were, like, destroying the scene. And then you had guys that were came out of the, the dojos. Then they started training in the boxing gyms. And that's when kickboxing in America started becoming more of a boxing scene. Like, a bo- like when you went to go train, it was more like a boxing gym than a right. dojo was during that time period. Because if you can get in there and knock a motherfucker out, it doesn't matter how many kicks you threw that round, right? Exactly. Right. Well, and and like kicking needs to be set up. It just yeah. does. It just needs to be set up. Wes, you want to pour one? Yeah. It needs to be set up. And that was one of the things that like Hannah threw, got caught several times. And the reason Hannah got caught was she was throwing a lot of kicks, which is not her game. And then um, she wasn't setting those kicks or her takedowns up. So they um, it was it was more difficult. You know what I mean? And so that that was the that was the the time I'm having a lot of trouble. Talking on this podcast while y'all are talking, like, y'all are, nobody's saying anything. What I know do you mean? Y'all, y'all are y'all are having y'all's a little y'all's a little back and forth right now. I don't even, I can't even understand what you're saying. Other than the fact you're crazy? saying you only take one more shot. Now he poured he poured and spilled two drops on me. Oh, uh, okay. He understood it. That's why you don't understand. Yeah. It. You can't see my leg. I'm I sorry. got you. Okay. But that's so funny though that you're like, what the fuck's going on? 
Yeah, I could not focus on These what I was talking about. These guys are going crazy. Anyway, we're going to take a shot. We're almost done, though. You know, one thing we got to do before the next fight, regardless. What? Uh, you and I were talking about this the other day. We've got to put the logo, man up logo, on the on the, on the, on the, on the Yeah. I Dude, think you I, guys got to get me sworn in. Sworn in to what? Whatever the fuck it is you go to every time. I want to be there. I feel like I'm not part of the crew. What are you talking about? I'm only part of this crew. This is the crew. What yeah, but I'm not I'm not allowed to go anywhere. I'm allowed to go somewhere. But I never go anywhere with you guys. Like, I want to go to fights and shit. I know a lot about fighting. I just can't do it. You know You're what so I mean? Tupelo, Tupelo's only like 55 minutes away. Tupelo, though. I want to go to Connecticut. I want to go to fucking... Yeah, but you got to think. Okay, I've got to pick. Oh, I know. You only, only had one or two, two people that can go. But But what about, like, if COVID wasn't a thing, could you pick more or no? Oh, still couldn't? I mean, more people could go. But could I be entourage? Be corner. You could be entourage, but you just have to pay for your ticket there. You just have to pay your ticket to the fight and everything. Oh, they want to pay for entourage? No. What a bunch of fucking cheap bitches. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. That sucks. Well, I guess I guess I'll just do it. And, and when I'm picking corners, like I, I brought Mo West because West. I don't deserve to be a corner. West's thing is not fight knowledge. That's He's my a thing. fucking medic. His, no, his thing is all the other little things, like making sure the ice bucket's full, making sure the water's ready to go, making sure the gloves are ready, making sure all the little things that I don't need to deal with are done to eliminate, ready to go. Yeah, it's attention to, to detail. To Hoorah. Well, attention to detail, but to eliminate uh, like a pre-fight tension between him and the fighter. Right. Um, his job stress is... And all, to, so they can focus only on... Right. My job is the fighter. My yes. job is warm-ups, cool-downs, uh, knowing exactly when to start warming up, when to quit warming up. Mo's the camera guy? And Mo's the camera guy. And my, and my job is... Like, like Wes does not speak in the corner. He The only person he talks to is me. And that's I, the way a corner should be. The only thing I say is time. Only one person. He yeah. keeps up with the time. And if he sees something, that's fine. But he tells me and I tell Hannah. Yeah. Only one person talking, is, is talking to Hannah or talking to Mo or Dan or whoever. Because they only need to be look, listening for one voice. Then everybody else I don't know, has gonna... their own job. Then Mo's job is to carry the camera and edit the video and all that stuff. So everybody has their job. Everybody Mo, knows you. what their job is. So, yeah, like people that are like, well, I think I'd be a good corner. That's cool. You need to be a head coach. Then. I don't want to be a corner. Yeah, that's know, not what I was saying. asking. I know. I'm more talking more generally. Okay. But all you motherfuckers who think you're corners, you're not corners. Jake's the fucking corner. <laughs> well, it, here I am. Here. But I mean, there's going to be I just want to be there. Got some boxing matches coming up that I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be able to corner because they're talking about to me about commentating. You want me to be there? So, I mean, no. <laughs> I just want to be there. I mean, you can be there to the fight, but not to corner. But can I be close enough where you can hear me be like, fuck him in the butt? Sure. Okay. You just got to buy the ticket. You got to be there, man. You had to have been there. Yeah. Long time ago in a fight. Time ago. We were fighting in Alabama when that Can't. happened. You were was fighting. in Demopolis. Nope. Kevin, was, Kevin fighting. was fighting. Kevin was fighting. His first fight was strike guard. We were in Demopolis, Alabama. And did the dude, was the dude crucified? Was he in a crucifix? Was it the Afro guy? No, no. Well, that, that was, was the fight. But that wasn't when you said poking him in the butt. You said poking him in the butt in one of the <sighs> undercard fights. I don't remember when I It was said before it. Kevin fought. If Canyon hadn't reminded me about it, I wouldn't remember it at all. Yeah, it was. you were it there. Was, it and it looked authentic. like the only thing he could do to get out was to poke the guy in the butt. Yeah. Because he was, I think he was in a crucifix. His arm was like stuck between the guy's legs. He didn't have the shin over, I don't think. But he had the other arm trapped with his arms, and his like, and Tyler was just like, "Poke him in the butt." <laughs> it was really funny at the time. It was, good. It it was, was a really good funny, um, and not terrible advice, I guess. I don't know. Depends on how you gotta get out of there. Poke the butt was. You gotta get out of there, bro. However, you gotta do it. Yeah, give him the old oil check, man. Um, personally, I would just be ground and pounding you with a hard on if you did that to me. But, <laughs> but you catch two hands and a dick, and a dick in the face. Time. Look, you talking about ground and pounding with a hard on? You remember that damn steel cup? Hold on, hold on. Before we even get started, why? No, no. Talking about what could you possibly be going into that is <laughs> reminds you of get ground and pound with a hard on what? <laughs> well, because I was fixing to say how hard that damn steel cut steel Muay Thai cut. Yeah, yeah. Was, when you'd be ground and pound and you drive into the damn chest of folks, that uh-huh. shit was fucking. Powerful. Who had a steel Muay Thai cut? Me. Why? Because it's badass. <laughs> is it legal? Yeah. 
In what sport? Any sport. Really? Mm-hmm. So you can have Think a... Think about a, a Muay Thai cuff, though, is they don't tuck under your balls. Oh, so the tank... The so tank. it's just like a triangle is all it is. And so it, like, dangles. So a lot of times my balls would hang below the steel cup, and then people would kick me in the cup, and then the cup, the steel cup, would smash my balls and scrub. So that kind of cut your nuts off? It didn't, well, you couldn't actually see the steel. The steel was covered with leather, and then it had, like, foam padding on the inside that touched your balls, and it had really thick foam with leather on the top of it around the edges. So you, there was no steel, like, exposed. It was just really hard. So when I was, like, in mount or on your back, and I drove my, like, nuts into you, like, pressure, there was a piece of steel plate driving into your chest. Or and driving still into your legal? Foam. Yeah, grab it with a hard on. Yeah, with MMA, yeah. With jiu-jitsu, no. Oh. A lot of jiu-jitsu can't work up at all for that reason. Really? I don't. I haven't used it, though. My last few boxing matches, I used a shock doctor. And then um, I only use it for like one or two MMA fights. It makes your arm bars really tight because you're like driving that steel Muay Thai cup into their elbow. Oh, it hurts so bad. Um, it, it, was, it, it is painful. Um, you still got that? Nope. I don't know what happened to it. It, But I will, it wasn't comfortable because, like I said, it was always smashing my balls. My balls always hung lower than the cup. And the cup, like, because I guess they're made for a little time. Like even people. when you had your third ball, was that that long ago or no? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I had it when I had my third ball. What, what I'm talking about with my third ball, guys, <laughs> if you're listening to this, for a long time I had a hernia that I thought was a third ball. Um, that's because I was an idiot and didn't realize. Like, I knew it wasn't like a ball. I just called it my third ball. I thought it might be a third ball. I don't know. I looked like I had a tennis ball in my scrotum. It looked bad. It was huge. Yeah. It was enormous. Uh, I didn't know what it was. I developed it in, like, early high school. And it tasted Mid-high awful. Tastes awful. <laughs> that's just because I didn't watch my nuts, Tyler. Oh, I developed it in high school. That so caught me off. <laughs> I developed it in high school, and uh, I had it for a long time, and I just thought it was part of puberty, man. I thought your balls just got bigger right. and puberty. I about your balls dropping. I thought that's what that was. Your and it was ball so fucking painful, dude. It was so painful, and I was like, man, puberty hurts. Yeah, like every man goes through this. And and this yeah, all, exactly. My brother was dicks. always talking about blue balls and shit. I thought it was blue balls. <laughs> so a lot of times I start hurting, I jerk off. I was like, that didn't help at all. Right. Like, that helped none. <laughs> Not <laughs> me. Wes is dying. It's got me laughing so hard. So like I was, I, I had this huge hernia, and I would, it would hurt. I thought it was blue balls. I jerk off. It helped none at all. So I jerk off again a lot of times because I'm 15, and you can right. do that back then. And nothing helped. Nothing helped for years. One day I'm at the Chinese buffet with my dad, and I was in so much pain. And I just knew like if I rode too long in the car, I would hurt. If I did squats, I would hurt. All these different things would make me hurt. If I got kicked in the balls, like oh it was so terrible. And I told my dad I was like, yeah, I'm hurting all the time, and I've got this enormous like. It looks like a like a tennis ball in my scrotum sometimes, and he's like, "That sounds like a hernia," and I was like, "What's?" I didn't know what I thought a hernia. When I thought hernia, I thought herniated disc, like in your back. I thought hernia was a back issue because I was stupid and I didn't. Yeah, know you it were was. stupid. And I know yeah. that, and I'm a retard. Right. Well, I was 19. I was. Well, no, I was like 21, 20, 21. I was 20. So I was like, "Well, I don't know what that is." So I, he says, "You need to take off work today and go to the doctor." I go to the doctor, and the doctor. Pulls my pants down. They asked me when I went in, they're like, would you rather have a male or a female doctor? You would think female in that kind of situation, I would prefer a male. I found that out that day because things aren't right. You don't want a female seeing your balls when things aren't right. So, oh, but your dick's all shriveled up and everything. Right, I mean, you're not, you're not yeah, in. Yeah, you definitely so not, dude. I went to the doctor's office and I pulled my pants down and the doctor's words were, and I quote, whoa. Was this a woman or a man? It was a man. Okay, okay, okay. He goes, whoa. And I was like, whoa? Is it full-blown AIDS? What do you mean, whoa? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what does whoa mean? And he goes, I am pretty sure this is a hernia, but I've never seen a hernia this big, so it might be a tumor. We gotta send you in. And that was the second thing he says. The first thing he says is, hold on. And he walks out of the room and goes and gets like six more people to come in and look at my freaking oh, balls, dude. A panel. You need to stand up. Yeah, so dude, that thing was big as fuck, me. though, now. Come on. Do what? I feel like you're kind of like, I've seen the motherfucker. It was big, dude. Yeah. It was fucking big. It was enormous, yeah. 
That's why the doctor was like, ah, it was a nurse practitioner. He goes yeah. and gets the doctor and yeah. a couple other people. Just, I didn't know. I think just to like show it off. It was I the think size of a tennis ball? you used to do that. Ball, yeah. You did it. Look at my third ball. It's bigger it than my other two balls. It, my, my nuts were as big as my hand. Oh, they're fucking big, damn, bro. They're huge. It was fucking awful looking. Yeah. I didn't know any better. I thought he was just born like that. I was like, God damn, man, you're gonna have so many kids. <laughs> Some huge nuts. And, and turned you out, why I ain't scared to fight, brother? I got huge nuts. Turns out, all his guts was in his nutsack. Yep, all of them. Yep. I didn't want to hernia. Long and, they, they go and in, short. Things would go inside of me sometimes. Sometimes it, I would just have the two balls. Then it wouldn't be. Bad. And then sometimes I'd whoop, I'd swell up. So I basically, had a Jana. So I find it. What? Kind of had a Jana inside your nutsack. <laughs> you say things that are so dumb sometimes that I really can't even keep going with the podcast because you say it and I'm just like I don't know how to respond to it's that. Split, time. bro. What? It's split inside your nutsack. You had a Jana, bro. No, had a Jana. I'm just gonna keep talking. So you did have a hole inside your. Yeah, I did. I didn't want to hurt you. Uh, like Somebody got to put their penis in. Is all I'm saying. Now you get it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. What are Continue. you talking about, Tyler? Continue. If I <laughs> cut your nuts back in half, so, I could fuck you. That so 1800. I go. Yeah, I go, and they sure. send me in for testing. When I go in for testing to get the for them to look at it, it wasn't there. It went back inside of me. They're like, we can't find anything. So they were like, if it comes back, come back into that. Oh shit! Today. So now you got to deal with it again. So I leave, and I'm like, fuck this. I decide I'm gonna. I knew how to make it come out. Lift, lift weight, right? So I, I go and try to pick up the back of my truck, and it goes loop and just like. Oh, you can feel it coming out. It, it would just come out. I didn't couldn't really feel it, but yeah, I could feel. I, yeah, I could feel it. Yeah. Damn. Um, so I go and try to lift. Up, I grab the the trailer hitch on the back of my truck and just try to pick the back of my truck up, and then boop pops out, and I call them. I'm like, hey, it's back, and they're like, come back in. They come back in. They're like, and they their exact words were, whoa, <laughs> and they test. They had the surgery, and that was it. I was in college when it happened. Wow, the mesh fun. I have mesh in your yeah they put the mesh in which and now I get I get ads all the time for do you have inguinal hernia mesh uh, there's complications involved with this if you have a complications dial do, 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 do. is there any pain from that now mm-hmm. uh, well there was for several years I pulled out of a fight because of it because I got over it and I was like I, I'm ready to take a fight now so I took a fight and I think then I, remember that I had to pull out of the fight because I was having so much pain with Mark it was embarrassing because Mark Romano had got me the fight Mark Mark has been on the podcast he got me the fight I like that guy and everybody likes that guy and um I mean I don't know that guy I had to call him and Canyon had gotten hurt. And I was hurting. And he, me and him, Canyon were both on the card. And I pulled Canyon off the card. And he was like, well, now we can just focus on you and get you ready. I was like, well, that's the other thing I need to talk to you about. I'm hurt, too. And I had to pull it. And it seemed like I was scared. we were scared, yeah. And honestly, looking back, I probably could have just went ahead and fought. Because since then, I've had several fights where I was hurt that bad and still continued and fought. But it probably wasn't healthy because it was just a few months after the surgery. I shouldn't have taken the fight to begin with. It was a stupid move on my part. And I, anyway, it's one of those things. And I had a really tough opponent. So I don't know. I don't remember. I just remember the guy was had was undefeated. Probably Jake Paul. <clears throat> Probably. Anyway, we're gonna jump off here, guys. Thank y'all so much for listening to the Man of Podcast. If you made it this far in the episode, that means you must have really liked our asses because it's up over an hour in. So that means you need to leave us five MF and stars on. This Apple. was a good one, dude. It was a good one. This was really good. good, man. Change of pace. Um, leave us five stars on iTunes or whatever you listen on. If you can leave a review on there, I'm gonna be honest with y'all, man. I have no clue if you can leave reviews on Spotify or any of that shit because I listen on iTunes. But if you can, make sure you leave us five stars. Don't be a little bitch and not leave us a review. Um, yeah, anything, anything, man. Talk to you, shut the fuck up. This, They'll man. fire let me us, again. Let us know. Let us uh, let people know about the podcast. Let us get the word out. I'll see y'all on the next episode. Peace. Peace. Peace.